0: This is Loose Leaf, a multi-author podcast journal where we talk about goals, the ups and downs of writing, and where we try to warn you off of our greatest pitfalls.
1: Hello, welcome to Loose Leaf Author Podcast. I'm Kale.
0: And I'm Charity. And today we have another guest with us, Benjamin Fife. He is an audio narrator, which kind of brings us to our first question. Do you want to ask that before he introduces himself?
1: Yeah, so we need to know this uh is it reading narrating or storytelling all three <laughs> okay okay. All three?
0: okay we didn't know what the like what your title actually was what you would like to be called but benjamin why don't you take a minute and introduce yourself
2: well when i'm talking about myself i usually will refer to myself as an audiobook narrator okay. though um i did actually for the first time recently i we were out shopping last week and and met a guy and and he was we were at a bookstore and he was sitting there reading shakespeare and so i started talking to him and he said so are are you a shakespearean i said well i am an actor which that's the other thing is that it's it's voice acting but it's kind of something that as i've become a full-time narrator and whatever i have really realized yes this is acting and the thing things that I learned back in drama 25 years ago I'm actually using now I I didn't waste those you know six semesters in high school I actually I just held them in reserve for 20 years that's awesome (laughs)
0: that's really cool so you said you waited 20 years from those classes what brought you to audiobook narrating to finally getting to use some of those acting skills
2: well, to to say they just sat on a shelf would be a misnomer too. It's it's a, be, because what brought me to audiobook narrating. Um I've I've always loved reading. Uh when my wife and I got married a little over 20 years ago, we immediately started reading out loud to each other. And I mean, we we read um the first thing we read together was The Hobbit, but we eventually read um like the the uh C.S. Lewis's um Space Trilogy, which is a little bit lesser-known one than. oh good yeah we it, it just continued we'd pick books back and forth and then when kids started arriving um initially you know we were reading just you know little picture books and whatever but about the time i think my oldest was five or six we started um to to begin with i think we just read straight through um the chronicles of narnia and uh and then Then I think we read uh, Lord of the Rings and stuff, uh, Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. The the original question was, how did I get into audiobook narrating? Yeah, yeah. So, so then in reading to the kids out loud, nine times out of ten, it would be me who would read it. Usually, Lorraine was was uh, helping uh, with whatever baby or whatever, but I'd read it, and I just got into more and more doing character voices. Which, I mean, you do Lord of the Rings, you you kind of got to. Um, And we've read. Harry Potter, we've read Jane Eyre. Um, we've read pretty much every book that the kids are named after, um, to the kids. Actually, with with Marco, with the The Lost Prince, we read it initially as a family when my wife was pregnant with him, and everybody fell in love with the name. So if there's anybody who was kind of named before they were born, it was him, because we're like, this is this has got to be Marco. But we've also since read it to him. He's he's now six years old, and that was honestly about the first book that it, in our nightly read aloud that he we could get him to sit still and pay attention to and and since then he's he's actually come into it finally and it's like yes okay <laughs> after doing that for a few years it was probably 12 or 13 years ago that I first thought I should try audiobook narrating but you know I was in different jobs we were it was just chaos of things and whatever but Three years ago, uh, my wife just said, "Hey, you should look at this website, this acx.com thing. You can you can audition for audiobooks." Um, the next day, I had a, a a profile set up, and I took a little uh, kind of kind of helpful course for like a five day challenge thing. And within a week, I was auditioning for books, and within a month, I had a contract for two, and. Then I just kept going and uh last uh March 31st of 2020 was my last day at the day job and I I love it. <laughs> so I I love being a storyteller.
1: Congratulations.
0: <laughs> Very much so. It's great to hear somebody finally get to do that. That that was your goal and, and mm-hmm. how you can do what you love.
2: Well, the fun thing too, I mean, it, it was kind of my goal initially and you can look on, on my website, I've got a blog post that kind of explains, you know, how I got here. But my initial plan was maybe like five years down the road. And ultimately, it was just a little over two years from when I started that I'm like, okay, I, I'm gonna do this full time. So I was pretty excited.
0: That's really cool. And so his website is binny 5 audiocom And I'll make sure we have a link down in the notes for you. Um, so that they can come check you out. Okay, Kale has a couple of questions for you and then I have some as well and we're just going to jump right in.
1: So um, I have... His
0: will be a surprise.
1: (laughs) We didn't discuss uh,
0: this.
1: (laughs) 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 I have a little bit of a background in radio, um, working for a college radio station Uh for a while and it was a blast. I, I learned a lot about storytelling there doing narrations for classical music like hours of classical music i i grew up listening to garrison keeler tell stories and listening to actually i've gotten back into listening to levar burton because of his podcast where he reads uh-huh. short stories so good so good i was wondering what storytellers inspired you
2: levar burton would definitely be one i uh I'm actually going to be doing in conjunction with a couple authors I work with, and and you guys are welcome to join in too. We're going to do a 30 day blog post challenge. And it's specifically about, you know, books that you connected with as a kid in different ways. And one of them that I'm going to do is specifically about LeVar Burton and reading Rainbow. I mean, you know, butterflies. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. And, yeah. I, yeah. and I'm an insufferable Trekkie, so that that's that's the other side of things. Um, but yeah, LeVar Burton, um, Ian McKellen, uh, Patrick Stewart. As far as just storytelling, it's any any decent actor is in a way a storyteller, but. For those who actually do audiobook narrating, Lavar Burton is is definitely one of them at the top of my list. Um, George Guidall is is pretty awesome too. Um, much different style, but
1: um, would you say there's anything specifically that you drew from from hearing them reading, or did you just develop? Well, really, that's the question. Is there anything yeah. that you drew from them
0: that you pulled into your style of narrating?
2: You know, with with Lavar Burton, right off the bat. It's I mean, I remember as a kid watching Reading Rainbow and I never felt like he talked down to me at all. I mean, I. it's and that's that's something that to me, I mean, partially based on what I've read to my own kids, I, I don't talk down to them when I'm when I'm reading. I don't it, I don't make it sillier or, or, or anything like that. Well, that's that's also a bit of a misnomer. It depends. There, there, there are some kids books that that after reading them 27 times you've just got to change it up a little bit So, <laughs> but uh but yeah just the the uh truly like capturing an audience and the my, my favorite book of all time is is a christmas carol and um one of my favorite lines in it is as close to 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 him as i am now to you and i am in spirit at your elbow and that's that's what it is it's a matter of to me good storytelling is at least a three-way partnership between the author and the narrator sometimes they're both not that many authors can really pull it off unfortunately and three the the audience and be, because it's something where yes i can give a great performance the author can can give a great, a, a, a great book, but it's also ultimately the imagination of whoever's listening to it.
0: Well, that was something just so our audience knows. The reason we found you is I actually listened to a book that you narrated and I thought the story was really good, but what made it for me was actually your voice and the way you approach the story and the way you helped to bring it alive. So I really appreciate what you're talking about that that triangle partnership there that it really is a, a partnership between those three people.
2: And the reason I'm turning around here, I, I thought I had it with me, but I must have said it somewhere else. It's King's Warrior is the book that, that you listen to by Janelle Leanne Schmidt. Yeah.
0: It's so exciting. So um I think I mentioned it in our emails. What I really liked about you is you get in and you change your voice. And if you are telling a story, but you didn't overdo it. Like I've listened to some audiobooks where they try so hard to make each voice sound completely different that it's actually distracting. And so I, I personally liked your style of it's different, but you get the emotion in there. It's, you know, who's speaking when you speak, but it's not over the top. Um, was that a learned thing that you just all those years of reading or did it come naturally?
2: I think in large part it was kind of a learned thing. And it's also just a personal preference thing because I'm the same way. like. I, I've done a couple of dual narration ones where where like there was a, well, I've, I've done a couple with one of my daughters and that's, that's one thing. She's a very, she's the main character, but she's a pretty minor part. Then I did another one with uh, Meg price. That's the fringe candidate by uh, Brad Swift. And that one um, she's, she did all the, all the female characters. I did all the male characters and it's, I, I, I think there are people who really like that that dual narration thing for money. Personally, I usually prefer listening to just one, just because I mean, the, the other main series that I've done is Jane Austen's dragons up here. And with that, I'm doing lots of female voices. I'm also doing dragon voices from a little four inch dragon on up to what you traditionally think of as a dragon. And that is, you might take issue with it because it is significantly more extreme in the I mean, I'm doing falsetto for the, for April, the little tiny dragon on down to Longburn, who's, he's a grumpy old cantankerous wife. <laughs> so, but at the same time, I, I mean, I do the female voices, but it's, yeah. it's obviously still a guy narrating it, but it's with a different kind of inflection. It's not <laughs> like I go into falsetto for the women at all. Although. Sometimes with Mrs. Bennett, I do. <laughs> but that's more just because she's a squeaky kind of character.
0: Yes, she yes. really is. It's so funny because you talking makes me think of all, all these other questions. Like, how do you keep them all straight? Because it sounds like there are lots of characters, especially in that series. And there were quite a few in the King's Warrior. How do you keep them straight and know where you're at?
2: King's Warrior, there was 67 characters.
0: I knew there were a lot. She, but wow. Uh,
2: she, she has been amazing in the partnership with her because she gives me an Excel file with like what chapter each character appears in and everything. And I, I I read it myself yes. beforehand. It's not like I just dive in and, and, and narrate it. Um, there's a lot more to it than that, but it's also something where with each character, she said, okay, I want it to sound kind of like this person or this person. And so... Yes when when i i'd sit down to record or actually i stand up i'm standing up now this is where i record um (laughs) i uh i i just look at the notes and um it's not that i'm doing impressions of people but it's kind of getting in a certain headspace like one character that she has in all four books um uh is kieran and kane and she the 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 actor who she said like i kind of what I do with with any of my authors is I say, who would be like your ideal cast for this if you were to do it as a movie? And uh, so with Kieran and Kane, she's had David Tennant. And if I was was doing David Tennant, I'm doing it wrong. But (laughs) (laughs) that's the kind of headspace (laughs) that I get into. And as you listen through the rest of the books or read them or whatever, it's kind of something where it's like, okay, David Tennant really is kind of like the 10th Doctor. So... (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) Yes,
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah. The Kieran and Kane is like the tenth though. Yeah, yeah. So,
0: okay, I, I followed you. I totally. Yeah, what okay.
2: You meant. So anyway, with with your questions, so it's a matter of once I I have a character in there, it's usually I can hang on to it and and uh, just get in that headspace. There are, are definitely times when I'm like, okay, this is a somewhat less major character. I need to go back and listen to what I did before, and though I do am I always perfect with it? Heck no. (laughs) But it, it's, it's, it's a place to start. So.
1: I think if I were to do that, I would have like voice memos on my phone with little (laughs) character names and like a sentence of theirs and be like, how did I do that voice? What is that?
2: You know, I've, I've read things from, from other narrators, other more professional, more experienced narrators that they're like, they make audio. They, they do an audio sample for each character and I've thought about doing that but I'm I suppose I'm a little lazy when it comes to that I'm, I'm just like <laughs> I just let it flow for the most part I do refer back when when I'm not quite certain but uh which actually with with the Jane Austen's dragons it's partially because it's been rather spaced out that I've done the books and like I I just did a live reading from her next book last Saturday. And there were characters who were in two of these books, but it's been months since I narrated either of them. So I went back and I listened to those characters again before I did the reading. And it was fun. So,
0: well, I know King's Warrior was 19 hours. Like I listen to things on normal speed, I don't speed it up. I like to enjoy it. (laughs) And never once did I feel like you had slipped characters that you had forgotten. Um, So I think you, you, it must be something natural in the way your brain works that you're like, okay, I'm in, you must understand that character enough that you can keep it throughout.
2: Well, it's, it's also a matter of when I narrate something, especially fiction. By the time I've by the time I've recorded the whole thing and edited it and whatever, I've gone through the book probably at least four times. And that's, with with King's Warrior in particular, I did more than that because I was about halfway through recording it and it was my turn to pick the family read aloud. And I'm like, I love this book. My kids need to love this book. So I read it to them too. So it it got mildly confusing because I'm like, okay, what chapter are we on tonight, kids? (laughs) They're like, okay, well, I'm like, you know, 200 pages ahead of you but but then i'd be you know editing and i'm like oh i'm just editing just what i read to them last night (laughs) so and i just did it again with second son (laughs) we just we just finished second son last week um and i i mean it's it's there was a little bit more lag time between when i recorded it and when i read it to them but oh and but also while i was recording while i was uh (laughs) <laughs> while i was uh, reading second son to them i was recording yorian's hand and those two books are very connected which a uh, little spoiler here second son is a prequel um okay. but it's kind okay. of a mandatory prequel and i completely understand yeah. why she did it as the second book and it's a lot are of we gonna s- get
0: Brant's yeah. story
2: yeah that's what it is so <laughs> and it's it's awesome I, it's it's not my favorite of the series, but it also has some really good death scenes that are just fun. Uh, <laughs> I, awesome. I, and I, when when I read it to the kids, I I confess I I had already you know performed most of it, and there were a couple of times when I'm like, um, okay, I'm doing the death scene, and at the end, I said, "There is another sky." <laughs> <laughs> sometimes like my older kids are like it, 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 sometimes i'll throw in weird things like that when i'm reading them, and they're like is that in the book I'm like no no that's not in the book <laughs> oh
0: my goodness you sound like someone i'd like to hang out with <laughs> your family my family would get along great
2: we're we're uber geeks
0: you're hitting all my checklists on you know, star wars star trek doctor who like keep them coming Stargate yes yeah I love Stargate let me get one in here and then you can get I know you have another one um you kind of talked a little bit about your working style and how how you enjoyed working with Janelle is that kind of your favorite way to work with an author do you have certain things you wish authors knew when they approached you about reading their story Um, that would make it easier for both
2: of you really my my favorite partnerships there there are three authors who i would probably do about anything for and janelle is one maria grace is the other and brad swift is the third which um brad is um i'm doing this i've done this series for him which is the zach bates eco adventures it's it's a more of a kid series um but it's it's has a magic cat and a flying dog and and what all but it's also something where he has just become a really good friend to me and he first contacted me about the fringe candidate uh, about a year ago and then um, it was about a month after I finished him with the partnership on on that with him when he he posted something and and said what what do people want to listen to and I <laughs> And uh, what, what do people want to read? And I, and I I messaged him. I said, I want to read something that you wrote so that I can narrate it. And he's like, okay. (laughs) And we've, we've been doing um, a monthly live reading with a, it was with him that I, I, I did a live reading of a Christmas carol last month too. And but but with with all three of them, especially with, with Brad, it's been kind of a friendship thing, almost first and foremost. With uh, Janelle and Maria, they uh, they're they're picky about their stuff, and I like that. Um, I've got some books out there that that I've narrated that I regret that the author didn't listen as closely as they should have, and there are a couple errors in there, and that it kind of ticks me off. Um yeah. <laughs> cuz I'm like I I don't want there to be errors in there. I I don't right. want there to be, you know, editing things and and there's a there's actually a publishing company that I did two books for that I would never work with again because they didn't even listen to uh oh, wow. through through the thing. They just approved it once once I was done with it. And the mm-hmm. the first one because of uh, the style of recording that I was doing then it had significantly more errors I don't I don't think the second one has any errors partially because I've I changed for to uh, punch and roll recording which then it's it's nuts and bolts for narrators but um it was the editing is done more while you're recording rather than afterward but yeah I won't work with them again
0: (laughs) yeah that is so bizarre because I know um I have several books out and I have a couple that I wish I could get re-recorded because I didn't know as an author how picky to be. I was so excited. Somebody was willing to read it that I was just like, yeah, whatever, you know, and, and I found that I've gotten pickier.
2: Well, and and I've gotten pickier with myself too. It's like the, the first book that I did that, that a a narrator, an author, which actually he'd be the fourth author who I'd do about anything for is Cameron Taylor. He, uh, he was, um, I had done two books. And he's a local author. He's about an hour north of me here. Um, my wife was reading this book of his and and said, Hey, you should have you seen this book? And I'm like, Oh, it looks cool. So I I contacted him and and I've since done five books for him. Um, and he he also said, you know, the the fact that that uh that I've done five books for him is should say it all that that he doesn't want to use anybody else. But it's also something where when he first gave the corrections for the the first book that I did with him. I'm like, Oh oh my gosh. But it's, it's a, it's a continual growing experience. And I'm not going to lie. Anytime you see a correction that is kind of subjective, you take it mildly personally. And, but, but at the same time, he was, he was really good about it. And like there, there was a character in, in his book that, I pronounced the name wrong through the whole thing so i had to go back and it, like I, and i've i've read about some narrators who refuse to and i'm like what kind of a jerk are you it's not your book and, he, <laughs> and it was was it a hassle yes but it was also a really good learning experience have i made the same mistake again a couple of times <laughs> <laughs> but but it's also something where because of of the way that he presented it it has it, it helped me to learn and grow and there's there's been things like with with maria's novels um they're uh in in it, it's gotten better as i've gone through it I've, I've definitely improving but the first book i had to completely re-record um of the the characters' dialogue because it just didn't work, and it's. But I would rather have an author who is like, I really want you to try this again. And it, there's there's also been times when with Maria and with Janelle that um, they're like, we need to redo this this thing. And like, there's one character in in uh, one of the Dragon books that I re-recorded his dialogue three times. Um, oh wow! But it was still pretty good, and ultimately. She's like, well, I think it works. I'm like, yes, okay. <laughs> and and I I will also stick up for myself. I mean, if there's if if there's some minor character that I pronounce the name wrong and they didn't give me the specific pronunciation for them, I'm like, dude, the name's in there 15 times. I don't want to make 15 corrections for a single vowel that is wrong. And it, but it's also something where. I let them make the final call on it. If a name is in there 70 times and it needs to be fixed, it's their book. I'm I'm all for, you know, standing up for myself. But ultimately, it's more professional to say, okay, it's yours. Let's make this how you want it to be. So, so, so on the other side of things, there are authors who, like, I, I have one author who You will probably never hear the book because I narrated it and it's, I got paid for it. It was a paid finished hour gig and she's never approved the whole thing. This is going on. Wow! It'll be two years this, this summer that, that it's been sitting there. And I'm like, I I messaged her about a year ago, but I'm like, I've completely washed my hands of it at this point. So, but well, and and with the uh, with with her in that one, she was picky to a fault. Um, it's it, it was something where, like, there was a mistake that she pointed out every minute, and usually, it was not not usually. It was probably about fifty percent of the time was her writing that was being corrected too, and so it's <laughs> like whatever.
0: Oh man wow
1: yeah so that's kinds. a pretty rough that's a pretty
2: rough one right there Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, the thing is I liked the book and she she liked yeah. some things about my performance but I and she had some things going on in her life that just it, but yeah. it ultimately it's like great well that's a month of my life that what <laughs> chalk it up to experience which uh.
1: That at least you got paid for it, I guess, right? I mean... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my
2: goodness. There's definitely that.
1: I do have one more question. I didn't want to jog too far away from this, but my question was, uh, backtracking about uh, however many minutes ago it was that you were talking about, you know, air quotes, professional narrators, because, I mean... Dude, you're pretty professional. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Well...
2: But... I'm thinking like, you know, the people who have like 500 titles under their belt. Oh,
1: well, I I mean. I have
2: 40, 41 ish under my belt now.
1: I mean, you're a fifth of the way there. So, (laughs) the, uh, so how, what is the community of audiobook narrators like? Are there, is there like a secret Discord chat that you guys all get on or? I mean, do you, you know, conferences, how how, or... how, how do you, do you interact with many other narrators ever or
2: there are, is it a, there are some a who solo I do. gig? There are some okay. who I do. And honestly, I am to the point where I want, I've, I've looked a little bit um, at, I, I've talked to some people who do voice coaching and whatever, but I haven't sat down and, and really committed to anybody yet. I want to get a decent voice, voice coach, somebody who is like, sean pratt or uh or karen commons um they're 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 kind of the the sean, sean pratt is known as the ginger yoda of <laughs> of audiobook narrating and he's 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 one of these guys who has like 500 titles and he has a lot of free stuff online that that i've looked and i've I've followed and and like some of the things that are on my website like the the, the way i describe my voice is because of videos that he's he's shared with you know how to promote yourself karen commons has a website called i think it's audio uh, audiobook narrator's roadmap or something like that and she has some amazing resources there um but i i am kind of to the point where i think i probably should get some real feedback from somebody who is a veteran there's a difference between you know professional narrator and a veteran narrator i think in the very least and i'm not there yet i'm 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 professional in that this is how i'm supporting my family but you know i'm i I don't have an audi under my belt or anything like that (laughs) not not to say that i wouldn't love to get one but um actually king (laughs) king's warrior has been nominated we're we're uh it's it's in the running for a realm maker um audiobook of the year um nice. and i'm it's it's w- one of the other questions you had is what's my favorite book that I've recorded and it's it's definitely King's warrior
1: really that's amazing it's,
2: but but at the same time they're all kind of like my ch- children away <laughs> so <laughs> yeah.
0: my guess is that's what makes you a great audiobook narrator is that you have this love of reading you can get into that author's world. Because I mean, someone can have a great voice and read a book, but you're not reading a book. You are participating in the storytelling side of it. You're living mm-hmm. it so that the the listener can live it as well. And and that's I think that's what I connected to when I listened to King's Warrior.
2: And that's that's honestly what I try to do. Whether I'm narrating fiction or nonfiction, whether it's fantasy, science fiction, or whatever, or kids' book, um, one this is another one call to purpose by ken brown like some a lot of the books that i've done have some some degree of royalty share so i i have a vested interest in seeing them continue to sell well that's one he paid me paid finished hour out out, out of the gate with it but um it's a book that it's a very heady book um it's a visionary fiction but it's also based on I, I don't want to you know give too much weight, but it's a fascinating book, and that's the other thing I love about being a narrator is I can I get paid to read, I get paid to learn, and do I learn things from from Jane Austen's dragons? Actually, yes, I do. It's a matter of Jane Austen, the the original Jane Austen was all about communication, and this takes it to like the next level because there's this entire entire civilization that well culture not so there's this entire subculture of dragons and dragon keepers that the rest of the world doesn't know about kind of like harry potter wizarding world and whatever but the dragons are forthright they're they're not hiding anything but humans by nature are all you know whatever and and so yeah it's something where i love being able to learn from so many brilliant authors and it's it's fun i just did one uh Uh, Another one that is in quality control and audible right now that it's a nonfiction that's uh, uh, confessions of a sensitive man, uh, uh, an unconventional defense of highly sensitive man or something like that. But it, and it was fascinating too. So anyway,
0: that's (laughs) That's wonderful. That's That's wonderful. So do you do most of your, um, do you get most of your jobs through ACX? or do you have other people that approach you through your website?
2: I, uh, until basically until 2020, it was pretty much exclusively through ACX. Although there were a couple of authors who I brought to ACX, um, Cameron, Cameron Taylor being one of them, um, with his way of Aloha series and a few others. And I'm going to be doing at least one more for him this year sometime. Um, but in 2020, it was kind of interesting because, I had been crunching numbers and figuring out, okay, how can I quit the day job and whatever? And the day job was becoming less and less fulfilling. Um, And so I had it all planned and initially I was like, okay, well, I think I can make this work in June. And then it got pushed up a little bit. I had a few really good, successful things happen. And then we we i I was to the point where i'm like okay i'm going to do it march 31st or and then my wife and i talked about it and like okay well maybe we need to push this back at least until my next paycheck which would have been like a commission paycheck so i would have had a bigger paycheck with it and whatever so it would have been another two weeks well the next day i heard from ken brown about call to purpose that was the the fringe candidate by brad swift and call to purpose are the first two books that I uh I, I did I did audition for call to purpose. He wanted me to to record an audition for him, but they just found me. And I, I still need to ask Brad exactly where he found me. And, and same thing with Ken. I think Ken found me on the, the APA website, the Audio Audiobook Producers Association. Um, but so so I got those two basically without auditioning. And then I, I I auditioned for several others around that same time. That's when I that's when I got King's Warrior and Dark by Paul Arvidson and a couple of other nonfiction ones. Um, and then I'm like, when I when I got found out I was going to get called to purpose and it was going to be a pretty hefty check, um, I'm like, okay, we'll go ahead and do March thirty first, and I did. And then everything shut down, <laughs> which. I'm like great. I was doing it anyway, but because everything shut down, there was like I I I don't know for sure, but there was a flood of people who were like, "Oh, I should try audiobook narrating." So I think it's it's been in large part that like I went nine months without landing an audition through ACX this year, um, and it, it's it's something you know I. I was also working my tail off narrating a bunch of stuff, but I I like recording auditions regularly because it it keeps my skills up to, to do something completely different style. And there are some, so there there are, some that I've auditioned for that the likelihood of my ever getting them is pretty darn slim, but it's, it's an exercise. Like I, I, I auditioned for one last week that I didn't get, which I'm fine with, but, but they, it was a nonfiction and it was, they wanted it narrated in a british accent i'm like well i haven't tried that i i've obviously narrated in british but it was it was fun to you know take and bring my non-fiction style with a british accent so uh, it was it, it, it's just something that keeps my skills at a, at a higher level but uh but yeah so so it was flooded with a lot of new producers and things and so I started trying some other things this year, like uh, um, LinkedIn. I started LinkedIn heavily and I landed four more gigs that I didn't have to audition for at all. Um.
0: That's, that's oh, great. That's someone making LinkedIn work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm on there, but I don't make it work. <laughs> it,
2: and it's, it's something where it, it's been fun. I mean, is, if you listen through all my titles, some of them are definitely better written than others but I I'm honestly okay with that I like partnering with authors wherever they're at and I have some that I am not going to mention their names because they're they're learning and they're growing and I'm learning and growing with them but I'd, I'd still do it again with them even even with you know their possibly subpar writing it's something where when you can when when i can read a sentence and sometimes you do i mean whether it's i mean with charles dickens you, you read a sentence it's like it's like what does this mean so so it can be a long convoluted sentence and you have to bring meaning to it or it can be a really short subpar whatever sentence and bringing meaning to it and i i i like to hope that that my performance helps them to also become better writers so anyway
0: that's such a wonderful attitude to have. And I know as an author, I appreciate that because I listened to mine and I listened to some of the first books I wrote and I sit there and go, oh, the narrator sounds great, but all I hear are the repetitive words. <laughs> and so it's, it's, I love that you can have that good attitude and, and forgive us as we learn and grow as well. <laughs>
2: We certainly notice it as narrators, though. And (laughs) I I let my kids in on the joke with Janelle's writing, honestly. (laughs) Um, I think her writing is phenomenal. I love her characters and her descriptions. And she gets better through the whole series. But especially, I I haven't done the the search through the PDF file for King's Warrior. But in Second Son, it says, Arnaud nodded. Thirty times. Spoiler alert. And, <laughs> spoiler alert. And actually, when toward the very end of the book. I was reading it to my kids, and it, it got to the point where they they were noticing it too, and 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 so we, I'd say, Arnaud nodded. Ding. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and, and but at, towards the very end of the book, it said, Arnaud acknowledged with a nod. <laughs> And to which I said, which is to say, on oh, odd nodded. <laughs> <laughs> and, I love it. <laughs> and it, I mean, it's any author does it. Charles Dickens has things that he he, he does redoes over and over again. but and like Maria Grace, I, I pointed out to her after the the first book, and I haven't seen it's 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 gotten better as we've gone through them that she she uses the same, but in in Pemberley. He dragged his hand down his face. I didn't do a, a search for exactly how many times, but it happens. again, it was actually my wife who pointed that one out to me. i I was I was about I, I think I was about halfway through narrating it. and I got the books and my 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 girls read them and and she read them, and she's like, she she has this people dragging they they always drag their hand down their face. And so I pointed it out to her and and by the time you get to Kellynch, people are still doing similar kind of, you know, facial things to, to think, but it's no longer the same thing over and over. So.
0: Yeah. That is actually something we plan on talking about in the future on the podcast is, is our, our favorite things that we have to let go of yeah. because we all have them and they're, they're unique to each author. <laughs> so that's good for you Absolutely. though, for pointing it out. Cause I, I think I always hope, Hey, can you point stuff out to me? Cause sometimes as an author, you're just putting stuff out there and praying for comments and reviews so that you can know how to improve. So thank you for at least pointing that out to your authors I, and going, Hey, did you know?
2: I should probably mention it to Janelle actually, now that I, <laughs> I was kind of fading until, <laughs> until I was, but it's it's also something where the, that the most egregious error uh, use of it is, is done now in, in Yorian's hand, yeah. there's, two uses of it because after the other nice. ones I'm like I'm just going to search to begin with and there I think there's two uses of it in Yorian's hand. So <laughs>
0: That's wonderful nice. so she is learning and growing and, and that's all we can hope for for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> that's wonderful. Um, I think we've kind of covered all the questions we have so outside of other than this last one outside of narrating books and outside of reading because I know you're passionate about reading and your family what are you passionate about? What do you, what do you, else do you do?
2: You know, Kale, you mentioned, uh, you, you, uh, uh had some radio experience in classical stuff. Yeah. That's honestly kind of one of my dream jobs too. Um, I am a yeah. classical music junkie and it's not more than just a classical music junkie. I'm kind of an art music junkie. Um, like I, I adore world music. Um, okay. uh, oh, cool. the, uh, and, and my wife and i met in our music theory class in in college um and so and we were we were somewhat insufferable in that class there were there were other kids in that class who were kids i mean we were i i was 21 she was 18 um but there were other people in that class who were like well you guys shut up i'm <laughs> glad you know how it all works leave us alone yeah. <laughs> but but it, it's it's something where even going into college I had a better understanding of music history than I'd like to say about any other freshman in that that group had. Um just because I've always loved listening to classical music. I I mean honestly, most of my classical music education until college came from like the CD covers and from Fred Child on Performance Today. Um yes. and I, I i i uh so <laughs> I, he's, he's he's my hero um yeah. but oh, yeah but anyway it's it's also something where i'd love to eventually have a radio show and i i've 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 got a couple of blog posts that i've done on my website but it's it's not that relevant to everything else i do but i i do i'm i'm a music nerd um i play trumpet i play harmonica or guitar a little bit violin a little bit my Wesley is a much better musician overall than I am she uh she teaches music she uh she oh, cool. plays piano violin mandolin ukulele and voice and teaches all those things too but um anyway so I was saying like world music I love how organic it is and it's it's something where that's one thing where my wife and I kind of differ is that I love some of the more chaotic kind of thing like give me when you're we talking classical music give me the mauler give me um oh, you know john adam basically post mozart <laughs> okay but yeah, right on. the, the right more on. the more emotional although i like bach too but mozart to me i like his operas but his the rest of his stuff his symphonies are okay and whatever but most of it it's just like he was a traditional character. It's yeah. vanilla,
1: and his, and his Haydn style made that transition. Yeah,
2: Haydn. I kind of you know, I like some of Haydn's stuff. I, I actually like Haydn's keyboard stuff and his later symphonies. But most of it is still kind of vanilla. But you get to Beethoven, and it's like, oh, Sturm und Drang. <laughs> so, but yeah, you you get into the Romantic era, and then the twentieth century. And there's, I mean, in the twentieth century, you had anything and everything and yeah. some of it I, i'm not wild about you know schoenberg and whatever but at the same time there, there are things about theirs that is informed other things i i love like minimalist opera uh, nixon in china is one of my favorite things which is is kind of borderline minimalist maximalist that's that's kind of john adams i actually have a john adams book here oh awesome so anyway <laughs> <laughs> um he's, he's one of my favorite living composers. Uh John Adams and his his counterpart John Luther Adams, they're both brilliant. Um oh. but Nixon in China is is one of my favorites. Um I also love Philip Glass with one of these years I want to listen straight through Einstein on the Beach. I never have. But yeah, minimalist opera doesn't agree with my wife.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, it doesn't agree with a lot of People's wives, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but we we do well, we do like a so lot of
2: cool. other stuff together. I mean, yeah. so, and there there are also some incredibly simple pieces that I absolutely adore too. Like one of the most one one piece that makes me just emote more than almost anything else is uh, "Spiegel im Spiegel" by Arvo Pert. Okay, are, do you know that one? I will
1: listen to that. I've mm. listened I've listened to his music, it's, but I can't. It's one of the I
2: simplest pieces, but it's—I it, just—it makes my heart swell and brings a tear to my eye. So, what what is it? There's also like the Symphony of Sorrowful Songs by, uh, uh Henrik Goresky, That's his name. So, when I'm I'm the guy around like m- my my wife's family. When they when they hear something, they're like, "What is that?" They're they're like, "Well, go ask him." And and yeah. nine times out of ten, <laughs> I can figure it out. So. I've, I've actually been on the piano puzzler once, um,
1: (laughs) on, which is, what is this?
2: The piano puzzler. That's, that's on performance today. Um, it's, it's just a, uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. What's his name? Um, I can't remember the guy's name who does it, but once a week, they have a contest where he takes, he takes a well-known tune and does it in the style of another composer. And they get a Uh listener on the radio to, to guess it. And, and my, was mine i did really abysmally because i didn't know the song very well at all it was uh when i'm when i'm 64 by the beatles which i'm like that's yes. kind of a less well-known beatles song um but i, I got the composer and they they led to it and, and uh the the end of the thing i said well yeah i get by with a little help from my friends so
1: <laughs> fantastic mad respect that was super cool to hear somebody else talk about classical composers like that <laughs>
2: like... yeah actually m- mentioning about about the music in particular on King's Warrior the the mandolin part that's my wife um playing mandolin oh, wow. um which that's that's just the the opening and closing credits but she also she also uh did uh Delana's song that she sings in it um and and she's, I know. I forgot
0: to ask you. I was like, it didn't sound like yeah, that, singing. Yeah, that's but... my wife.
2: <laughs> she has a beautiful How voice, um, yeah. and she's a. Uh, that that's that's another thing is, a lot of a, uh, sometimes in audiobook narrator forms and whatever they'll say what what do you do when you get to a song in a book and, from day one as my audiobook narration career, the first book I auditioned for, she picked me because I sang her song in the, in the, uh, the audition. And she said, I sang it exactly with the melody that she had thought. And I just,
0: oh wow! I, I just pulled something out
2: of my hat. And that's, that's basically what I've done with probably about one in four of this of the books I've narrated have some kind of music in them. And as long as it's something that's public domain or is unique to that book, you can do it. If it's something, if they're wanting you to sing Bruce Springsteen, you've got to get Bruce Springsteen's permission. But, right. um, but with, with the King's Warrior ones, it's pretty much, I try and I, I kind of make it up on the spot in some kind of modal thing. And then my wife kind of massages yeah. <laughs> it a little bit better and <laughs> and we go from there. Um,
1: awesome.
2: But That's like fun. the, with, with Cameron Taylor in both of the Way of Aloha books, I, I sing in both of those too. So it's fun.
0: I love that you can do this with your wife. You said your daughter read with you on some of them. Uh-huh. I'm like, that's that's just really fun that you can do that with your family.
2: Yeah, it's I love it.
0: Well, I think we're almost out of time. Is there anything else that you really want to share with our listeners? Um, How can
1: they reach you? How can they find you? Yeah, How can the- authors contact you to give you money to read for their... <laughs>
2: Venmo, Zelle or PayPal, PayPal, if I have to, Um, though they take 3% Venmo and Zelle don't. But anyway, um, the best, best place to get a hold of me is through my website, bennyfifeaudio.com. You can also email me at bennyfifeaudio at gmail.com. There was another question you had in there. I don't remember what it was.
0: I don't remember either, but I did think of another one. So uh, originally I was going to ask if you had a prefer genre but obviously you don't because you do non-fiction you do fiction you're just like all of it's good
2: i have genres i won't do like a okay horror, i'm not interested in horror and erotica yeah but honestly <laughs> right. aside from that i do try to keep the stuff that i do to pg-13 or less i do have another name that i've narrated three titles so far under that either it was a controversial subject or it kind of exceeded that that envelope um yeah but i for the most part i've i've been able to do to, to stick to the pg-13 ish kind of thing um, yeah.
0: so how do you how do you decide is that something you ask an author beforehand hey is there anything in here that goes you know
2: when uh initially when i'm looking for titles on acx or whatever um like a lot of times you can tell from the uh, the uh the description or or in the audition material i mean like i just you know do a do a search for the f-bomb and see if it's there and i'm i've dropped the f-bomb in some of my books but it's also something where it's kind of on a pg-13 level where it's like once maybe twice and actually there was one that that it was with chris tavener that in flight of the 500 there was a couple of F-bombs dropped in there, but it was very appropriate, if you ask me. I'm like, right. <laughs> if I were that character, I would have reacted that way, too. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, uh. But it's, uh. yeah, I, ultimately, you know, I, I look in the audition, and it's something where when I get the, the initial book, I'll glance through it. And there have been a couple of, you know, scenes here and there that I'm a little less comfortable with. But as long as it's in that PG 13 level, I'm like, just go with it. I can, I can manage this. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I mean, I'm not going to recommend my kids to read this one or that one, but um, right. there, yeah. <laughs> there, there is one that I narrated under the, uh, under the other name that I'm like, it was really well-written. It was a cool book. I mean, I had to look up so many words in, like <laughs> there, there weren't many pages that I didn't have to, but it was also like, no way I'm my kids listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. File this one. File this one in the back
1: of the drawer. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so that just makes me curious when you do that, like let's say you get something after you've accepted a contract. Do you just decide, hey, I'm using my little name over here so that it's not tied to my family? Or how does that That's work? That's
2: pretty much what I've done. It's it's a matter of like this one. I knew it was going to have, I mean, it's, it's a Greek thing. And it, I knew it was, mm. I knew it was going to be very Greek. So <laughs> it's direct. <laughs> it, it's a, a somewhat modern retail. Well, it's more of an after the life retelling of uh, it, it, there, one of the Greek God demigods telling about his exploits to 21st century denizens of Hades. Um <laughs> so right off the bat oh, wow. you know that's going to be kind of dark um oh, yeah, wow. but initially i was like i could probably do that and then when i got the when i got this i looked through it i'm like there's no way i'm going to do this under my name and i just reached <laughs> out to the reached out to the the publishing company that that did it with, and they're like yeah that's fine and i i would love to work with that publishing company again i'd i'd love to work with that author again if he had anything he'd want me to do other under either name it's if if it was similar i would still do it under the other name but i some of his other stuff that i've seen i'm like i i'd be honored to to work with him so
0: awesome awesome (laughs) well do you have anything else before i no no
1: it's just been really great (laughs) to talk to you you're a really cool guy i'm really impressed with everything you're doing and it's you got a great voice I, i
0: took lots of you probably can't even see that. I took lots of notes of people I need to look <laughs> up, authors I need to look up, songs I need to look up.
2: <laughs> so so yeah, and, and charity, if you have anything you want me to narrate, let me know.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. do, you, do you write uh, too, so Kale?
1: So I am
0: we're getting him there. Yeah,
2: okay.
1: Hillary, Hillary and Charity are, are my cheer team mentors. Dragging me into it. Yeah. Okay. So cool. I'm getting there. It'll be a minute. So <laughs> I've still, I've still got the day job going well, on. So
2: It, it I, I tell people it took me until I was almost 40 to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up. So, right. and it's also yeah. something where I plan on living to 137. So I could still do 27 other things at least. <laughs> yeah.
0: there, there you go. <laughs> I know it's great because Kale's at the very beginning of this journey and he's so busy, but he has all this creativity and it's just right now it's like fireworks You know, he's got a game he's building, he's got his music, you know, he's got his writing ideas. One of the
2: things I want to do, I want to be a writer too, but right now I'm building this career and I'm gonna do some writing along the way. But I'd love to eventually write my own stuff and narrate it, or maybe have somebody else narrate it if somebody else is a good fit for it. Um but yeah, the hundred and thirty-seven year old thing, this is this is gonna be really geeky and really weird. Um I want to live to 137 or just shy of it because on January 1st of 2116, I will be exactly 50,000 days old.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> nice! That is <laughs> so cool. Awesome that you know that. <laughs> I
2: I learned that because of an Excel class I took. <laughs>
0: oh my gosh, that is
1: you, so you good. Know,
2: you know, the 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 star dates in Star Trek. Like four seven nine eight eight and whatever. Um, yeah. That's that's what's known as a Julian date, and like there is a Julian date for now, and Julian dates for now are figured out from January first of nineteen oh one. But you can apply a Julian date to your own life, and that's what yeah. I did with. I'm like, and, and I'm like, dude, I'm fifty thousand days old on January first twenty one. <laughs> and it's really I, useless I fact, Yeah but hey, you That's know awesome, anything's possible. Now
0: I'll have to figure out uh, my Julian date exactly. and get it put on my Doctor Who in uh Gallifreyan <laughs> letters. And...
1: Oh man. Oh, that <laughs> I'll totally is so that. good. Well, it, it, I've there was have
0: got you on my
2: list. <laughs> okay. Awesome.
0: <laughs> oh, I know I've like I have a series and I loved love love the first guy. And then he got a job in an actual play on Broadway and didn't have time for me. So are you going to Broadway? (laughs) I need to know that. I am probably not going
2: to Broadway. Honestly, I, (laughs) I love what I'm doing. Um, Would I like to maybe do some, I I might get into some other voiceover eventually, but I am really loving being an audiobook narrator. I've heard it described as the marathon of voice acting and it it kind of is, Uh, but I haven't done any other voice acting. So I guess I'm just a marathon yeah. runner when it comes to I'm, I'm certainly not a marathon oh. runner when it comes to life in general. <laughs> 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 if I oh, was, I'd run. have better, uh, better lung capacity, which would help with a f- <laughs> narration, but I don't I, know. <laughs> yeah.
0: But what a great way to get free books. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you get to read everything. Yeah,
2: I've read more in the last year than, you know, many, many years before. So, yeah.
0: That's wonderful. That's so
1: cool. Oh my gosh.
0: Well, we're gonna let you go because I know you've got a busy life. Lots of those books to to get to, but we are so glad that you joined us tonight and uh, today that, you know, you could share with us what you love and the things you like about it. And like I said, we've got lots of great authors here to look up mm-hmm. as, and find your books and get to listen to All you. All right.
2: And, well
0: we're just so glad you were with us. Thank you for having thank me so and much.
2: let me know uh if you want to talk to me again. <laughs> I can ramble okay. endlessly. Absolutely.
0: Yes. Well, we have a, a thing we like to say when we sign off. And it is you can join us if you want. We'll we'll practice it once because we're really bad at well, it, are not we're, we? We're <laughs> it's a lot of editing to <laughs> get it together, but we like to say keep writing, writing or start writing. writing. So, so
1: do you want to
2: start us off? Sure. Keep writing or start Start writing. writing.